Hello and welcome to this podcast version of Scripps 5 Must Know Things, this time for the business week ended 8th April 2022. This is Ian Haydock. This week, time runs out to scale the next patent cliff, Novartis searches for new blockbuster, Boehringer Ingelheim's R&D spending pays off, Shanghai Eyes mRNA vaccines as COVID cases rise, and the global pharma R&D pipeline hits new heights. Pharmaceutical industry is in the midst of a steady period of moderate growth, but financial pressure will build towards the middle part of the decade as many key blockbuster brands face loss of exclusivity. The window for launching new growth drivers to fill the expected revenue gap is narrowing. Jessica Mellon writes in this infographic article that investors are growing wary about the period from 2025 to 2030 when many big brands will lose market exclusivity in the US and Europe and face generic or biosimilar competition for the first time. Big pharma companies generally appear to be on their back foot for now, without the pipeline to make up the deficit, which may put more pressure on drug makers to rely on business development as the tool to fill it. Industry watchers forecast that from 2022 to 2030, the industry's top drug companies will lose more than $200 billion dollars. It's a huge amount, ZS Associates principal Maria Whitman said in an interview. Clearly, the pipelines are not prepared for this. The top 10 pharmaceutical manufacturers combined have more than 46% of their revenues at risk during that time frame, and five companies have more than 50% of their revenues at risk, according to ZS Associates. Factoring in analyst consensus estimates for projected pipeline drugs in 2022 to 2030 hardly moves a needle. They are really only reducing the total revenue loss by a couple of percentage points, from 46% to 44%, and you still have three companies losing over 50% of their revenues, Whitman said. However, drug makers can sustain the lifespan of a brand through life cycle management strategies, and biologics typically experience less erosion from biosimilars than small molecules do from generics. Business development activity could also offset LOEs if drug makers are able to bring in new assets that can reach the market in the second half of the decade. LOEs will affect most big biopharma companies, but some will feel more pressure than others. Pfizer, Novartis, Merck Co, Eli Lilly and Bristol-Myers Squibb are poised to face steep patent cliffs. Roche, which has already cycled through big LOEs in 2020 with biosimilar competition to three blockbuster-sized drugs, now appears well-positioned for the foreseeable future after the anticipated launch of Lucentis biosimilars in the US later this year. Sanofi is also largely protected from losses with its core growth driver Dupixent protected in the US until 2031 with a possible patent term extension. The expectation is that Big Pharma will rely heavily on M&A and business development to fill the deficit, especially because drug makers have the cash they need to do such deals. The challenge remains finding the right assets at a value investors won't consider overpriced. A major reorganisation unveiled by Novartis CEO Vas Narasimhan on 4th April which merges its standalone oncology unit with its pharma division and puts new emphasis on US commercial success, represents an admission that the company has been underperforming compared with its peers. Narasimhan said the changes were the logical next step in the progression from Novartis's former conglomerate strategy 
towards a pure play pharma company. But the reshuffle also aims to fix two fundamental problems. Its disappointing performance in the all-important US market and its shortage of mega blockbusters that can hit peak annual revenues of $5 billion or more. Andrew McConaughey writes that the Swiss giant is currently the fifth biggest pharma company in global sales, reaching $51.6 billion, which was up by 6% at constant currencies in 2021, which was largely thanks to its number one status in Europe. However, Novartis ranks only 10th by its own reckoning in terms of US revenues, far behind leaders AbbVie and Pfizer. Narasimhan has now declared that the company will aim to return to the US top five, along with sustaining a top three ranking in the other major markets of Europe, China and Japan, though demurred on specifying how soon this can be achieved. But to return to the US top five position, which it last enjoyed around 20 years ago, Novartis needs to find those mega blockbusters which have eluded the company for many years. Novartis has consistently been one of the leaders in the number of NMEs approved, but not a leader in the value per NME approved, conceded Narasimhan, who was speaking to analysts on 4th of April. That is backed up by data which shows the company gained 12 US FDA approvals over the 2017 to 2021 period, well ahead of its big pharma peers, and they included groundbreaking launches such as the CAR-T therapy Kimria and gene therapy Zolgensma. It's our goal now to build this function to get higher value assets out of the pipeline, focus in our key therapeutic areas, and then to drive consistent above per median growth, said Narasimhan. Boehringer Ingelheim has set an ambitious goal of up to 15 new product launches through 2025, backed by a 4.1 billion dollar euro R&D spend in 2021, nearly 12% up on the previous year and the highest investment in the 137-year history of the German family-owned company. Speaking at the firm's annual press conference on 5th April, Chairman Hubertus von Baumbach noted that over the next five years, BI was planning to invest over 25 billion euros in the R&D pipeline, Kevin Grogan writes. He added that the firm's broad pipeline of next-generation oncology medicines is a strategic area for us, and highlighted the most advanced cancer asset, codenamed BI907828, an MDM2 antagonist, which is in a pivotal phase 2 trial for rare soft tissue sarcoma. One Bambach said the firm also has high hopes for late-stage programs such as the dual-acting GLP-1 glucagon agonist BI456906, which was developed with Zealand Pharma for non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and obesity, and BI45809, a GLI-T1 inhibitor for the treatment of cognitive impairment associated with schizophrenia. As for therapies that are already filed, the company is hoping for EU approval this year for its IL-36 inhibitor, Spesolimab, for generalised pustular psoriasis. On the sales front, BI's human pharma turnover in 2021 reached 15.3 billion euros, an increase of 8.4% currency adjusted, driven by the Lilly-partnered blockbuster Jardiance and Ofei for idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. There have been significant label expansions for Jardiance in the last year, making the SGLT2 inhibitor the first drug in the class to be approved for heart failure with both reduced and preserved ejection fraction. But most of the therapy's 3.9 billion euro sales, which was up by 28.6%, 
came from diabetes. Facing unprecedented lockdowns in its biggest city, Shanghai, China is revising course and is now moving to supporting the importation of foreign mRNA COVID-19 vaccines. Although the government didn't specify which particular product, only one such vaccine, which is licensed to Shanghai Fosun Pharmaceutical from BioNTech and Pfizer, is currently pending approval in the country. However, its clearance has been stalled for months. Brian Yang reports from Beijing that China may soon finally acknowledge that its domestically developed mRNA vaccines are still months away and concede that a foreign candidate is needed to fight its worst outbreak in two years. The 29th March announcement came amid massive and two-stage lockdowns imposed in Shanghai. So far in the pandemic, the huge city has avoided large-scale lockdowns as a result of China's very strict COVID-0 policies and sealed borders. And the quick isolation of positive test cases meant few reported infected individuals in the major commercial city. But the fast spread of the Omicron variant meant that the Shanghai government considered shifting its strategy away from a previously targeted approach to what most other Chinese municipal governments had been employing, strict lockdowns and mass testing. Shanghai said in the announcement that it supports the importation of effective treatments and mRNA vaccines. Fosun's CEO most recently indicated a green light for its in-licensed vaccine from BioNTech could come within months. But since that last update last July, it's been over nine months and many suspect that China was waiting for its domestically developed mRNA candidates before approving a foreign imported one, given the room provided by the COVID-0 policies. But one industry observer sees Shanghai now likely to approve the foreign mRNA vaccine. It should be the case, otherwise the government won't make it so public, the CEO of Bravovax, Wu Ke, told Scrip. The first could well be the Fosun BioNTech one, he added. Chinese regulatory records show no time frame for the vaccine to gain an approval, but given that it's been widely used outside China, the approval should now only be a matter of time. Finally, the pharma R&D pipeline expanded by more than 8% globally last year to reach 20,109 drugs at the start of January. But new additions of COVID-related agents during the past 12 months cannot be said to account for the big increase. Alex Shimmings writes in this infographic article that the expansion rate during 2021 was nearly twice that seen in the previous 12 months, about 4.8% although it was lower than 2020's 9.6%. Even so, the growth rate compared well with the 2019 and 28 figures of 6% and 2.7% respectively, putting 2021 at the upper reaches of the figures seen over the past five years and well above the five-year average of 6.25%. It also took the pipeline size beyond the 20,000 mark for the first time. The data come from Pharma Project's new Pharma R&D Annual Review 2022, which was published by Sightline, part of Informa Intelligence, and based on a snapshot of the database taken on 4th January. A similar report has been published annually since 1993, allowing for meaningful comparisons to be made across the decades. The report shows that there were 1,527 more drugs in development than at the same time last year, when the uplift was only of 845 drugs over the year before. 
COVID-related treatments did not have as great an impact on the figure as they did in 2020, when 800 novel vaccines and treatments for SARS-CoV-2 swelled the pipeline. Of the new products, 38.8% are in development for cancer, with neurologicals coming in second at 14.7%, and anti-infectives, including most of the COVID-related products, were in third place with 12% of the new drugs. 17.5% of new drugs are focused on one or more rare disease. The article contains many more facts, figures and analysis on the global R&D pipeline, including multiple infographics, and there are also multiple podcasts around the new report as well, so do check those out in full. That's all for this time. Many thanks for listening. A reminder that these stories in full are linked in the article accompanying this podcast and to check out all the other content published in Script last week, of which this is just a fraction. Log in or take a free trial if you're not already a subscriber. Bye for now.